Maybe it's an English-American thing. It is not an English-American thing. In London is NBA. In Africa is NBA. In China is NBA. In For real, the NBA, the Nationwide Basketball National Basketball Association. I'm not going to tell you again, okay? National Basketball Association, okay? Thank you. In your opinion. So... It's a fact. We have a growing fan base who, of basketball fans and, and an enormously passionate sports culture here in Britain as well. How much passion is there really for the NBA over here? It has a huge global following, right? right. Or at least it's done pretty well in China, but it's struggled to make an impact in the UK. You sound skeptical. <laughs> um, but you see, because we're soccer fans, I right. couldn't say that. I'll get smacked for saying that. Football fans here. We, we call it football. Okay. But, um, I mean, springs? It doesn't have any springs in it. Why does it bounce then? It's air. There's air in the ball. Well, there's air in this room. How come this room ain't bouncing? Yo, man, don't play ahead, yo. It's because I was from the UK. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Double Clutch Podcast. I am Matt Smash, your host. I'm joined by my uh, usual co-host, uh, Mr. Matthew Bates, today. Hello. Uh, Frankie Hobbs cannot be with us. I believe he's uh, too busy watching the Knicks play. So you enjoy the Knicks. We'll, we'll have fun talking about the first two nights worth of NBA action. So new season underway. And uh, obviously it's Halloween today. We are recording on Hallow's Eve. So uh, have you been up to anything interesting Halloween-wise? No, just just working. But if I wasn't working, I had the best cons- costume, and it's NBA-related. Grant, Grant, Grant Hillbilly. <laughs> I have I have a Grand Hill jersey. I have some dungarees. I have a straw hat. <laughs> if only I had somewhere to go, I'd be Grand Hill Billy. You look like a scarecrow in a Grand Hill jersey. Yeah, a bit, a bit, a bit worried. <laughs> no one would have understood, but I would have understood, and I'm sure the double clutch faithful would. Yeah, we were supposed to dress up at work tonight, but I didn't bother. Thank- Seeing as what shift was only like three hours long, I thought it wasn't really worth the effort. <laughs> if I'm being honest. No. Plus, I'd probably go with someone that like nobody would recognise. So, like, I don't know, a character from The Walking Dead or something. <laughs> like, what the hell are you trying to be? Just a typical zombie. I'm sure there'll be quite a lot of them <laughs> out tonight. <laughs> yeah, some people have done some proper epic face paint though, where like you can see through their teeth and stuff. It's really. And cool. some girls are just wearing lingerie and calling themselves a cat. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, moving on to, to the NBA. Um, not the Bobcats. That would have been yes. a nice segue, but unfortunately not. So uh, opening night got underway. Obviously, we had uh, the return of Derek Rose. Uh, the Miami Heat raised their championship banner to the roof. But we're going to start with uh, the Orlando Magic and the Indiana Pacers. So the Indiana Pacers won that game 97-87 in what was a pretty competitive matchup until the third quarter where the Pacers just broke away from the uh, the young upstart Orlando Magic. Victor Oladipo had his uh, debut for, for the team and I believe he played college in Indiana, did he not? He did because it sounded like a bit of a home crowd when he came onto the floor. Yeah, that's what I thought. He came on, had 12 points, hit a, hit a three quite early on. And uh, yeah, an impressive under-the-radar pick for your fantasy team is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, uh, you have to get... Obviously, we'll get into this game now. Um, Roy Hibbert was was the man in that Beast. game. And, but kudos to uh, Oladipo. He did get blocked in the first his first attempt, but then came back down and knocked down a three. But yeah, Roy... Yeah, Hibbert, that's Paul George. Yeah. Roy Hibbert was just... He was... He was he just looked like he hadn't let off from the gate from the playoff series against the Heat. He was just everywhere, and he was just compact, competitive with every shot that came to the ring. He tried it. I think he had six blocks, sixteen rebounds, and seven blocks what? in total. Well, that's that's your fantasy line of the night, right there. Yeah, and he's in my fantasy team. <laughs> but yeah, also Paul George just 
I, I don't know. I thought maybe it might take him a bit bit more longer to get more consistent with his offense, with his offense, especially his shot. But now he just looked so in rhythm in this first game. I thought the I I thought the paces were pretty sloppy, pretty sloppy, pretty sloppy with the ball and uh, throughout the whole game. Really, I mean, they turned the ball over twenty times, which isn't great. I think the Knicks posted a new high in their their opening night game with uh, turnovers or something silly. But yeah, um, five turnovers for for, uh, for West and four for George. Not not great. Um, I think they need to get that down a bit, especially once they start playing the uh, you know the more physical teams. Really. But the Magic were really good for the first two quarters. But I think that's the thing you tend to see with these young teams with a lot of rookies and younger players is that they're really athletic and up for it for the first two quarters, and then they sort of sap off in the third once the you know they start to lose the energy and things like that. So it was it was an interesting game. I think the Magic uh, looked looked a lot better than I thought most people thought they'd be. Mm-hmm. Oh um, well, first the first half was absolutely dominated by is it Nicholson Andrew Nicholson? Yeah, I think so. Well, night. 18 points in the first half and and then he just got benched straight away. He was on fire, 18 points in the first half, which obviously was a, a, a record for him. And then the coach just decided to sit him and didn't play him for the rest of the second quarter and the third quarter. So the tank brigade is definitely in the in the magic mindset right now. Yeah, they're just so physical. That's the problem. I mean, when you go up against the Pacers, they're just, they batter, sorry, they batter and bruise you. And adding Lewis Scholar in the offseason, I think, was a, a great get for them, along with you know players like Watson and stuff. They have they've got a bit of scoring off the bench, but they didn't actually need it on opening night because uh, Paul George and West combined for I think nearly thirty something points by, together. So yeah, a good good opening start for the Pacers, and I think um, they're certainly one of the teams to yeah. to watch this season. But full credit to Orlando. I yeah. mean, Victor Oladipo really really impressive. I picked him in a fantasy team, thought he'd be good, and yeah, came out hit a three. Uh, he was then blocked by Paul George, rejected it. Basically, he said get that out of here sort of introduced him to the NBA and fr- from then on it was all uh, all guns blazing from Roy Hibbert who just completely took over the game and that's what I think everybody wanted to see because he didn't have a great regular season last year yeah. but he picked it up in the he picked it up in the playoffs mm-hmm. massively mm-hmm. Uh, Lance Stevenson as well I thought played pretty good especially in the first half he was just fantasy sleeper fantasy there. sleeper well his offensive rebounding they didn't. They just didn't put a body on him, and he's so quick, and he's got so much energy and toughness, and his mindset's just—he's a bit mental, to be honest. But he—he he was just. I noticed. I noticed he was in our waivers, so I was like, "Hmm, who can I get rid of?" <laughs> he was just. Uh, yeah, he was just getting to every loose ball. He made a three, which surprised me. So hopefully, and definitely, he's obviously improved his game a little bit on the offensive end, and that just makes Indiana Pacers a bit more scary looking into it. But as we're talking about all these games, it is the first night. Or the second night, the first games for quite a lot of people. So yeah, we have to take it with a bit. Like Roy Hibbert may not be the defensive player of the year straight away, but <laughs> with a performance like that consistently, then yeah, he will be. That was a nice game to start off. That was 11 p.m. UK time on Tuesday, I think it was, and then it got to midnight. And uh, yeah, the big one, the one that had months and months of hype behind it, had multiple YouTube videos, had a whole Adidas sponsorship series of the return. Derek Rose made his. Long-awaited comeback to an NBA court, and um, yeah, safe to say, didn't fare too well against the Miami Heat. No, it was just it showed it showed really that the Miami Heat they are they why they should be champions. They just yeah. every time he got the ball, there'd be a soft double, maybe a hard double on the screens, but they just weren't giving him any any daylight or any breathing space to make his moves. The full credit to um, the Bulls actually because they were down quite a lot in that game. I think they were down twenty odd points at one point, and they fought their way back. 
the last couple of minutes, I thought they were, they were going to get right back into it, but they just couldn't get those shots to, to go down. And they're, they're, it's too early to say, like you said, but Derek Rose needs to seriously start thinking that this is a team game now. He's got to remember how well this Bulls team have done without him for the last mm-hmm. year. They need, he needs to start taking the offense out of his hands. He's their one option all the time. And everybody knows that. I mean, the Miami Heat with, tri- you know, doubling him up at one point. Another point, I'm pretty sure I saw like three or four guys just go straight at him because they knew what he was going to do. He was going for the rim. But um, he got his first points, which is good for him, good for his confidence. But yeah, the uh, the Miami Heat just completely dominated. And the one standout player for the night actually was on the Bulls. It was uh, Carlos Boozer, who basically just said amnesty that <laughs> to the Bulls, to the Bulls nation. <laughs> 30, 31 points. Uh, he's consistent. We, we do take the mick out of him and uh, he has got a hor- horrific contract but he's because he punches officials in the crotch <laughs> but he is efficient you can count on him for at least 15 to 20 points a night which yeah we do take the mick out of him i said but <laughs> it's produ- it's production it's bang up production because Noah, although he's phenomenal on defense he's not going to give you that much on offense and they need a player like boozer but it's just his defense is still horrendous yeah, I thought Joachim Noah was, was pretty poor on the offensive end as well. I think he finished the game with two points. Mm-hmm. He, he, he had 11 rebounds, so he made up for it. But they, they just they didn't have enough overall scoring talent on the team to, to sort of get them out of the hole. And Rose had 12 points. I mean, that's not a that's not a standout stat you'd expect from from someone like Derek Rose. And it's going to take. I think people are going to need to realize it's going to take him a while mm-hmm. to get used to the ebb and flow of the NBA again because. Yeah, he had that great game in preseason when he put twenty five up or whatever it was. But it's pre it's a preseason game. It means absolutely nothing. And um, yeah, the Miami Heat were just mesmerizing at, at times. The first quarter, I think the Bulls got to play their game. Mm-hmm. They slowed it down a bit. It was it was a really defensive battle. But after that, Miami just sort of exploded. And LeBron James turned into Willow at one point where he put the ball behind his back and made this incredible pass mm-hmm. that everyone was raving about on Twitter and. Uh, Norris Cole for me really, really stood out. I re- I said in the off season I reckon he could possibly take Chalmers' starting role, and he didn't do anything to doubt that today. Um, the, sorry, yesterday, posting eleven points, seven rebounds, and three assists in what was just twenty-one minutes on the court. Um, pretty standout yeah. game for him to be honest. He even killed um, Derek Rose on a crossover, oh. which I thought was sweet. Um, yeah, Nor- Norris Cole. I I'm not the biggest fan of him, but if you think of the whole NBA, Matt, who Backup point guards, he's got to be in the top ten for a team. Oh yeah, easily. But I think he'd be a starter on some teams. He, well, yeah, it's just a fact. But Mario Chalmers, the thing with Mario Chalmers is he's not the best point. Obviously, he's not a top tier point guard. But I don't think obviously the 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 Heat don't need a top tier point guard because they've got LeBron, they've got Wade, they've got Bosch. But Norris Cole does. I do think he might have a bit of a leap this year, and maybe his stock may rise. And in the off season, he may. They may pick up his option and, or maybe extend him or anything. But obviously, LeBron James in the off season will be the highest priority. He could become one of those players that teams consider sort of a trade asset, someone to go for. You know, if you want to look for a decent young starting athletic point guard. I mean, he's got everything he needs. He's just he's not as big as some of the point mm. guards in the league, but it, it doesn't take anything away from his game. And the reason Mario Chalmers starts is because Mario Chalmers has proved himself consistently since he started in the NBA he's hit big shots since he came out of college and he hit big shots in last year's playoffs and uh, the playoffs the year before so 
He, he definitely deserves to start, but I think you've got to keep an eye out because uh, Norris Cole's certainly banging on the door. A split in minutes would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So 21 minutes isn't too bad considering what, this is his third season? Yeah, it's a pretty much, it's a split, split minutes really, isn't it? Think about it. Half, yeah. half, half on, half off. But no, a pretty impressive game for Norris Cole. I thought Chris Bosch was a standout. He was really impressive for me. Mm-hmm. thought he, uh, he looked like he'd manned up a little bit, sort of taken the uh, criticism that he got in the playoffs to heart and, uh, came out firing. Ray Allen just looks like he'd never stepped off the court from game seven and game six. He just, Knocking down jumpers like you know they're going out of fashion and uh, yeah just a good good all all around performance from the Miami Heat. I think everybody scored apart from uh, Greg Oden, but I don't think he actually <laughs> played, so <laughs> that's not a bad thing. <laughs> right, Matt. What do you think about Greg Oden? Do you think that's a good acquisition or? Yes, yeah, there's, there's no there's no harm in it. Uh, if they can get five ten games when it actually matters out of him, then yeah, it's going to be they're going to look. The best case scenario is the five or ten games when it matters, and they're going to look like geniuses. If he doesn't, if he doesn't do anything this season, they're not going to look dumb or anything like that because they haven't really lost anything. They signed him to a small contract, don't, and the and the expectation for him isn't high at all. So yeah, it's a great acquisition. Right. So moving on to uh, oh here we go the the, the battle for Los Angeles <laughs> as, as I think it was uh, <laughs> oh here we go. <laughs> You've been waiting for this for twenty four years. Nights, four, four nights ago, I would not have been looking forward to talking about this <laughs> on the podcast. Trust me, I could tell you that for a fact. And I'm not going to get carried away. We're not. I've seen I've seen the memes going around the internet where it's like Lakers fans be like, "We go to the championship, boy." <laughs> no. So uh, <laughs> opening night in the Staples Center, it was filled with purple and gold, and the Lakers won their home game. They are now five and zero, I believe it is, without Kobe Bryant. <laughs> uh, 116 to 113 over the uh, rival Clippers. Shock of the night, I think it's safe to say, considering I don't think the Miami Heat and Bulls game lived up to everyone's, mm-hmm. the hype that it had had. I thought, I went to bed and I put a tweet on Twitter saying, I have a funny feeling the Clippers-Lakers game is going to be the real special one that everyone doesn't expect. And I watched it again in the morning and I was running around the house like a little girl <laughs> screaming when, when, when the Lakers bench was exploding in the fourth quarter. <laughs> we'll get to my similar experience later. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was fantastic just to see these, Players who've been doubted all off season just coming out and you know just saying you know stuff you we can we can we can shoot for for fun and that's what they did and I think the Lakers have got a lot of they've got a lot of people who can shoot the ball this year so teams are going to have to you know keep their eyes on them because they can just do this and uh, I don't think the uh, the Clippers were ready for this they certainly didn't look physically capable of stopping the Lakers that night they looked terrible. Uh, yeah, people are so high on them coming into the season, and I know we, we're going to say this quite a few times this podcast. It's the first game in that, but their interior defense, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, they just Blake Griffin may looked all right on the stat line, but if you actually watch the game, he just didn't. He just didn't look into it, and he just didn't. He just didn't look. I've said it. So I know Frankie definitely agrees with this. He just he doesn't look like he's improved that much. Like yeah, we know he can sky, we know he can dunk, but he needs to get that mid range shot. Yeah, I think, I think needs to improve quite a lot from what it showed on that in that game. I don't think it helped that Paul Gasol looked like 2009 <laughs> Paul Gasol all over again. He was simply superb. I mean, he had 13 rebounds, four assists, and 15 points. And I think that was a real statement of intent for him. I mean, every year we get, you know, are the Lakers going to trade Paul Gasol? Where's he going? Is he going to be here the next year or you know in January? And I think he came out and just showed, you know, look, I, I'm one of the best players in this game and I can do this. And it is effectively is his team because I don't think Steve, I think Steve Nash is too old to carry the weight. So it is, 
it is Powell's team, at least until Kobe Bryant comes back and nobody really knows when that's going to be. I thought uh, Xavier Henry was oh. superb. 22 points coming off the bench. Literally the X Factor. Uh, yeah, literally. Didn't he hit every shot at one point or something? He, I saw a ridiculous stat line. He, he started off hot. I mean, he may have missed his first, but he definitely went on a run of hitting five or six. Yeah, eight for 13 at the end of the night, I think he was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Jordan Farmer and Chris Kamen were, were, were decent and uh, yeah everyone just sort of chipped in that night and it was just really nice to see even Jordan Hill I thought Jordan Hill was really mm-hmm. impressive I've always quite liked him but um, yeah he, he made a statement that night as well but Nick Young seriously dude stopped with the threes <laughs> I was the first quarter of that game all it was was him trying to get like he'd jump behind the three point line and put up a shot and it wouldn't go in and it, uh, the crowd were waiting and willing it to go in it wasn't going in and he did it like six times in a row it was just ridiculous after watching 82 games of the Sixers and Swaggy P last year what more do you expect? <laughs> he, he made he made one of four but it was just, it's, oh, seriously he's got to stop doing that I, I mean I, the funny thing about this team is like everyone was bashing them but a lot of these guys you know they know what it is to be a Laker mm-hmm. and like Unlike Dwight Howard, so oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're making a nice little statement here of you know what it means to be a Laker, and they certainly came out and played Showtime esque basketball. It was it was good fun to watch. It really was. The thing, well, the thing is with these Lakers, like the ones you mentioned, Wesley Johnson, Chris Kamen, Nick Young, to some point, they're all un- they're unknowns. They're unknowns, and they're all in contract years. So this is their chance until yeah. Kobe comes back. They've got as many shots as they possibly want, especially when it comes to Nick Young. So they've got a chance to show this is an audition for the rest of the league. Yeah. So when the end of the season comes, oh, Nick Young got fifty uh, average 15 points from here to here before Kobe came back. And Chris came and looked like a polished big man because he was the only option and stuff like that. So it is an audition. So they are playing for a lot of these players are playing for their NBA career right now, which it's the same as El Clark last year. Mm-hmm. He took he took his chance when power was out and he got overpaid by the Cavaliers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was I was rooting for the Lakers when I was watching this game. They, it's mental that they were an underdog against the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, some of the clip, the individual play performances from the Clipper players were, were fantastic. I mean, you know, DeAndre Jordan had 17 points and uh, tw- 12 rebounds, I think it was, and he actually didn't look too bad from the three throw line mm. for once, which which is good. And Blake Griffin looked completely opposite. I think he missed nearly everything yeah. he took. So. Uh, it, was, it was just their defense then too, because this is the this is the worry when it comes to the Clippers. When, Clippers. <laughs> when it comes, when you go past DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin on the bench, they haven't got any true big men. They've got Byron Mullins who can't defend a fly and he'll just jack up a three with 20 seconds left they on have, the, uh, the shot clock. They haven't got anyone that draws a double team. That's their problem. They need someone to draw a double team inside the paint so they can kick it out to the likes of JJ Redick yeah. and Collison and people like that. Who, you know, JJ Redick is a, is a spot at three. He hits three mm-hmm. like they're going out of fashion. I bet if you gave him. 12 out of, you know, 10 out of 12 easy looks from a corner. He'd nail probably good 85% of them, but he didn't get anything. I don't think Blake Griffin doesn't have that go to move. He's kind of like Dwight in that respect. He doesn't have a go to score move, although Dwight actually looks like he's probably got one yeah. now from his performance the other day. And, um, yeah, how weird was it seeing Doc Rivers on oh, the sideline? It was exactly, the, it was exactly like watching the Brooklyn Nets last night. Yeah, it just, it's going to take time. Like, I'm sure in, by, the all-star break 50 games in it will look normal but at the moment it just it, I, I keep thinking we're either watching a set we're watching a celtics game sometimes when they zoom in and what and you see him in the uh in the huddle tnt did pretty well last night yeah or the night but yeah it's speaking, weird. Speak, speaking of tnt quickly did you see their season intro great 
Absolutely mad. They've, they've become famed for their season intro, and I put it straight on the website because our friend Maximilian mm-hmm. uploaded it from the States, and uh, I was like, oh, thank you so much, because we didn't get any TNT coverage over yeah. here. So, yeah, I thought that was really clever, really, really well done, the way they their, did it. Their best one that they've ever done is the... It was pretty similar to that one. It's when the old footage meets the new footage, and yeah. it looks like Kobe's playing with Johnson, and Derrick Rose is playing with Jordan, but no, that one's definitely in the top three they've ever done. It was great. Right, so uh, we'll move on to the, to the following night's games, which was obviously night two. So when was this? Yesterday? Last night. I don't, I don't know. It's all one blur now. I'm losing track of time. <laughs> this was Wednesday night, because obviously we have to stay up until like four in the morning to watch some of these games. So <laughs> uh, Last night's games, we, I think it was to start with the Nets and Cavaliers. I think that was the big one that everyone was waiting for. Ooh, I think it was just a little... It was... We'll call it 1A and 1B, but we'll go with that one first, yeah. Oh, man, this is what... This, in my... In, we, both, we both did articles on uh, what games to watch, and then we had different games for some of the nights, which was quite interesting, I thought. But Cavs and Nets was my one to watch. I couldn't wait to see what Kyrie Irving was going to be like and what this new-look Brooklyn Nets team was like. And, uh, yeah, it didn't disappoint. It was a really, really competitive game until sort of the final few minutes where... Uh, Brooklyn kind of threw it away, to be honest. They, they, they had a chance to tie the game. I think Paul Pierce missed a, a game time shot and then obviously it went to free throws and it was all one from there. But no, great game, great hustle by the Cavaliers at one point. I think they were fantastic up and down the court. Tristan Thompson looked superb. Yeah. I've got to give it to the guy. He just looked fantastic. Earl Clark, we mentioned him a minute ago. He may have been overpaid, but I thought his production last year for the Lakers was fantastic. It'll spark. And yeah, and he sparked again, he sparked again last night and, I'm. I'm. Not, I. I wasn't this high on this Cavaliers team, but they were really. They really impressed me. I thought everyone was. Gro- everyone was really great. And Anderson Farajal, boy, I forget how good he was. He's just. He's just like Earl, Earl Clark. He's just pure energy, and he's. He's yeah. fantastic to watch. I know. I know. I already mentioned and gushed over Lance Stevenson, but Andrew. But Farajal is the the next level up from that. He'll. He will just sacrifice his body just to get an offensive rebound. His hair's flaying. His hair's flying all over the place. <laughs> flaying, <laughs> flaying all over the place. That's a good Halloween costume, by the way, Andrew Virgil. Someone should do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the thing that there was one moment in the game that really stood out when your best player is jump is diving onto the court trying to get a loose loose ball like Kyrie Irving was doing. It just shows how into the game that they are and how much they w- yeah. want to succeed. But I, 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 I don't. I didn't really watch that many. Uh, Cavalier games live or in the morning without knowing the score in that last year, and I've never seen Kyrie Irving go off, so I'm still waiting for that. But yeah, he did look good last night, but I was expecting a little bit more in the fourth quarter. He did miss a few shots, but when you get the W, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, Kyrie's one of these odd ones because everyone considers him like this fourth quarter closer, but he had a couple of shots in the fourth quarter yesterday, and he, he pricked most mm-hmm. of them. So I don't know. I think I think it's an interesting team. I mean. I'm really high on Alonzo Gee. I yeah. think he's really got the ability to, to score the ball and he heats up really quickly. Jared Jack was such a great acquisition oh. for him and he had 12, 12 points on for bench. But the hustle that you mentioned, I mean, there was one play, I think it was during the third quarter, where they lost the ball mm-hmm. on an offensive play. And I think they they won the ball back three times yeah. and then they ended up scoring from it. It was, it was immense. I mean, Anthony Bennett was up there getting a rebound. Even Andrew Bynum, oh. all eight minutes he played. <laughs> Came on and uh, fi- finally had made an appearance in the NBA after how many years oh. <laughs> of being out. Um, three rebounds for him and two assists, and he actually looked quite game, quite decent. Actually, he was he looked game game ready. Yeah, game ready. But um, I think the thing is with him, and I think the Cavaliers commentary crew nailed this: is 
he's just a really big body in the paint at the moment. He just sort of hangs around and he he's going to do some damage because he's just there. Yeah, we <laughs> talked before the show. I didn't expect him to play, but the fact that he, the <laughs> fact that he did play, it, it, as you said, it, it becomes this Cavalier team become a bit more intriguing. But it gave them an extra energy, yeah. I thought, as well. When he came off the bench, they were all sort of hyped up for it. The Quicker Loans Arena was absolutely yeah. rocking as well. And you got to feel a little bit sorry for, for Cavs fans over the last few years because they've had so much crap mm-hmm. thrown at them. And now this is their time, and it, it's great. I saw a video earlier on, I was on YouTube, of uh, Kyrie Irving at a school in Cleveland, and some kid asks him a question. He's like, are you going to leave us yeah, like yeah. LeBron? <laughs> and Kyrie's like, no, I'm not going to leave you like LeBron. <laughs> and it was it was just really really cool to see. But um, not not to not to damn on the Brooklyn Nets because I thought they were fantastic. I really did. Mm-hmm. Um, they played well. Brook Lopez kept up his playoff form from last year, and um, yeah, just just good overall performance. I didn't think Kevin Garnett was too no. too impressive, but um, Paul Pierce more than made up for it. I mean, he was great apart from the uh, the game time shot that he missed, yeah. and I thought he was going to hit it. It was just a it was one of those showtime moments where you just expect, you know, the big player to, to make the shot, and and he and he didn't, unfortunately. I don't know if he Jason, is anymore, but he's still underrated as an as a clutch player. Yeah, Jason Terry was good off the bench as well. He had fourteen points at the end of the game, and Sean Livingston made an appearance as well. Yeah, well, he he's he played pretty well last year. Well, everyone said he was really good in preseason, mm. so what? be interested to see what happens. Well, then. yeah, after his injury <laughs> in that in oh six oh seven. I, I'm rooting for him because he had a horrific broken leg injury, but it's good to see him play. Yeah, Darren Williams was was pretty efficient. He was he was dishing the ball out. Um, I, I still, he's still a bit of a. I a worry I for think me. he could have taken over that game a bit more. Yeah, that's that was my going away factor with Williams, and I I think I say I think I say this to myself quite a lot of times that I watch the Nets play and they lose, and I always feel that Williams could. He needs to be more vocal, and he is vocal on court, but he needs to demand a lot more things. Like he's got all these, uh, well, a few Hall of Famers on his team now, and he just he needs to show that he is the leader, like Kyrie kind of does for the Cavs at such an early age. He demands the ball, he demands these shots. Williams needs to be a bit more aggressive. Yeah, I, I thought. I mean, we mentioned in the, I think it was the Pacers game we were talking about a minute ago. Um, looking after the ball and keep, you know securing the ball, and the Cavs only turned it over eleven times. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic for a young team that's full of you know there's a there's a there's a couple of rookies on this team and some players who are just getting used to each other and to t- to keep hold of the ball that well against a team with you know the likes of Jason Terry and Paul Pierce and Joe Johnson and Darren Williams and other all them lot you know that is, that's fantastic for a young team and they were out rebounded by the Nets which is no surprise because Brook Lopez was on the other team yeah. but he missed a lot of gimmies uh, at the end near in the fourth yeah four. yeah. But I, I no, I was really impressed with the Cavs in the end. I thought they were they were pretty awesome. I, do, I just think Kyrie Irving could have done a little bit more, like you said, with uh, with Williams. I think both the point guards could have uh, could have lit up that game a lot more than they did. I was just waiting for one of them to take it over. But we digress into the game of the night, part two, I think. <laughs> and what game might that be, Mister? The Bain? Philadelphia Seventy Sixers against the <laughs> Miami Heat against the world champion back-to-back Heat. Yeah, don't, don't, don't! You got to put that in there. Come on, <laughs> don't underemphasize it. I, I watched this game in the morning. I, I haven't watched a live game yet, but I watched this game in the morning, and I was so scared that I might have woken up my girlfriend at seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Nineteen and zero to start off the first quarter. What? What was that? What were we watching? This isn't Tankadelphia. This is NBA now. I'm not. <laughs> I'll take this with a pinch of salt. They just came out with more energy. The Heat were off to a back to back. Probably underestimated them. No ways. But 
the Sixers just looked ready and they're actually playing exciting basketball, which haven't played under the Doc, Doug Collins era. They're just running, which everyone wants to see. They're getting dunks. They were getting open threes. They just started off hot, but then the heat kind of came back into it, led by Ray Allen once again. He in great finals form. You hit a half court yeah, shot, which was didn't even celebrate. <laughs> didn't even celebrate. No, he just it's just like yeah, okay, yeah. whatever. I'm, I'm I'm 50 years old. I do. I've done it so many times in my career. <laughs> I could have done that blindfolded, yeah. mate. <laughs> but the thing, the thing is that uh, really impressed me about the Sixers is when the Heat started making their run in the third quarter, start of the fourth, it was clo- it was a very close game even throughout. But they showed a bit of maturity, which was such a young and inexperienced team to to capture the league when it could have so easily slipped was the biggest impressment. Mm-hmm. And Michael Carl Williams, you are the MVP of this season so far. <laughs> what more do you have to say? <laughs> You're you you're high on that. I'm just gonna just a tweet from Frankie Hobbs regarding that game. He put I'm lost for words <laughs> when when he was talking about that game. But um, yeah, it was hilarious because I was on my Twitter. I was on the Twitter feed and uh, Frankie put Spencer Horse is taking over, <laughs> and I was like, oh dear God, what's going on in Philly? <laughs> and I went and look, and it was like, yeah, okay. And everyone's like, oh, maybe the Miami Heat are the ones tagging for Wiggins. We'll find out. <laughs> but no, I think they have a 19 and 0 run to start the game or something yeah, ridiculous. They were up by 22 in the first quarter. Yeah, the Miami Heat did that took a lot of them took a lot out of them coming back from that deficit. But no, I think you've got to hand it to the Sixers to hang on in there the way they did in the end because they did they turned the ball over a few times and they missed a couple of shots in those final few seconds. And uh, yeah, I mean Michael Carter Williams just an unbelievable night for him debut. And, yeah, de- debut night and Evan Turner's dunk. Oh. LeBron, watch your head. On LeBron James, head, have you LeBron. seen the picture, the, like the cam yeah. picture that was literally like must have been taken from above the rim? Yeah. James is like smiling at it. It's hilarious. <laughs> and I mean, I'd love to find it and put it I, on the blog. I think he was I, smiling because he just didn't believe what was happening. Yeah, he was like, "Hang on, what just happened to me?" <laughs> but um, Michael Carter Williams just uh, uh, unbelievable to at that age to, to take that pressure and to go for the line for the free throws at the end of the game to seal it was just. This was fantastic. He nailed them both as well, which I thought was great. But that was a league pass alert, definitely. So yeah, I think that was a it was a standout moment. It's probably the highlight of the Sixers season. Yeah. I mean, you've got eighty-one games to go. You're not going to win eighty-one games. We want to lose them all now. As much as you may want to go eighty-two and a zero. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what we would, want. It would be incredible. Um, I think it was a bit of a comeback down to earth, hard for the Miami Heat. They uh they didn't really realize what had hit them. And LeBron James was immense. Mm-hmm. I mean. 13 points, 25, uh, sorry, 25 points, 13 assists, uh, four rebounds. He, he, he had a great game and he just couldn't do anything to stop this crazy high young 76ers team. And yeah, it was, it was a, certainly shock of the night, probably shock of the decade. It was a lot like, the, <laughs> like we said for the Lakers. The Sixers have a lot of not real, not real NBA players. So this season, especially that game, it's an audition for them for the rest yeah. of the league and hopefully for the Sixers if they want to bring anyone back Tony Rome looked alright if anyone knows who he is exactly <laughs> Daniel Orton looked alright He, if anyone knows who he was his big body he was putting his body on people just get, going for the rebounds and stuff but I think I think for my sake before I start getting high on the Sixers I think we should move on to the another game <laughs> hashtag if anyone knows who he was <laughs> uh, should, we, should we move on to the Celtics and the Raptors sure Right, so uh, yeah, the the, uh, the Celtics and the Raptors obviously tipped off the season in Canada, um, sold out building. I, thought I watched the intros for this for this game, and I thought it was great. 
Surprise, surprise, the Toronto Raptors had an intro that involved Drake singing. <laughs> oh, that new video he's got where he's talking to the camera and about yeah. how he is Toronto is very... <laughs> it's what you expect with Drake, very cringy. Yeah, like his last album. Yeah, three good songs. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, off the, off to the music. Um, so a 93-87 win for the Toronto Raptors in a home debut. Um, great great night. And uh, the players looked a little bit awkward during the player introductions. I don't know if you've seen it, but go and YouTube it. They got made to stand on this like platform oh. in the middle of the arena. And uh, they played some music and they made the starters go up one by one. And they just sort of stood around waiting for their mate to turn up. It was like, yeah, this is really... It's not an all-star game. Really, yeah, this is weird. It was really awkward. It was like, you didn't know what to do. But got to hand it to the Canadians. They know how to do an opening night, man. That place was absolutely buzzing. And most Probably one of the most underrated fan bases in the NBA, just because they're in Toronto. They always have, maybe not sellouts, but they do, it's always 75% full, that arena. That's how I'd imagine a franchise across over here in Europe would be. Yeah. Would be something along that lines of, of that. It would just be rammed full for, you know, every opening night and every major game. It, it was, it, it was great to see, but, um, unfortunately this, the, uh, the, the game wasn't as great a spectacle. It was, a, it was a little bit like a boxing match, this one. Amir Johnson, he got out in the open court. <laughs> he, he got out in the open court. He had, had, had a lot of, had a lot of dunks, but the Celtics looked pretty poor. Uh, they they both didn't look great to be honest. Yeah. I mean, the, the early on the Celtics did look quite decent and they were they had control of the game, but the Raptors fought back and the Raptors have got better players, so we everyone kind of expected that. I mean, Rudy Gay had a uh, 19 points at the end of the night, and eight, eight rebounds, I think it was. So you got know, decent production out of someone like Rudy Gay. Um, Jeff Green proved again once again proved once again sorry why he is a uh, underrated player in this league 25 points five rebounds and uh, two assists on, on opening night for him and um it really wasn't a fun game <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad i didn't watch it yeah it, it, it was not it wasn't the best game in the world to be honest um i i flicked i watched the opening like five ten minutes on the pass and then flicked over to the Cavs and nets game um just nothing in this game really appealed to to it to, to anybody really um Jonas Valachulis was good 11 boards he looked pretty on it in the in the evening. Um, be interested to see if some of these Raptors players are Raptors by the end of the season. No, I think obviously... Valchunas he'll be he'll be one to watch this year. I think he will have a jump from his rookie season last year. Which I don't know. I kind of like I like I kind of like his game. I like his yeah. I like I like his well. He uses his length very well. Tyler Hansborough didn't look too happy to be there either, which is quite. Amusing. He probably thought uh, Ron Artest was coming up behind him again. It was like I've gone from a I've gone from a finals a championship finals team to to this. Yeah. What happened to me? But no, the Celtics they they were just odd. I mean, they don't look right. It's just a jumbled together mess of a team. Kelly Onlick had a, a, a pretty poor night considering he took over the summer league in July. Gerald <laughs> Wallace as well didn't look obviously from his stat line looked like he didn't really do anything. He had it. He he lost his game like five years ago. <laughs> I think we should, just, I think we should move on from left, this depressing just, game. Since he left Charlotte, but yeah, this game I referred to it in my article as like a 1990s WWE Hell in the Cell match. Oh, they were it entertaining. Was just... <laughs> entertaining, but messy. <laughs> and next and next up, we we saw another a different caliber team to the uh, Celtics and Raptors we saw the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder who are a championship caliber team against a not so cal- caliber team in that regard of the Utah Jazz the only real main thing from this is Durant we I really 
this is what I we expected him to be without Westbrook. Went for forty two points. I know quite a lot of them came. For, it was a bit of a a bit of a boring forty two points with about twenty to twenty two free throws. But if if he just comes up with this demeanor throughout his throughout this whole Westbrook Westbrook injury period, then it's going to be good to watch and. He probably will overtake the and get the scoring uh, the scoring title this year with performances like this. I think the thing that summed up this game was the assists column. Yeah, U- Utah Jazz twenty five, <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder nine. <laughs> Just give it to Durant. Just yeah, give it to Durant. Let him <laughs> give it. Give it to Durant and get out of the way. <laughs> Reggie Jackson, um, you may be, be you may be coming up strong this year, but this is Durant's night. Just move out of his way. And Westbrook's on his way back. Um, Cephalosha and Jackson were actually quite impressive. They both had 14 points, which I thought was decent. Yeah, Cephalosha um, made quite a few... Uh, well, he was just living off the... Uh, they were both pretty much living the, off the double team from Durant. The spoils, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, but Utah, Utah are an odd one. I mean, we mentioned during our pre-season uh, podcasts, you know, we don't really quite know what to make of them. I think Derek Favors and Ines Kanto were pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. I don't really like. They, they had 19 rebounds between them. Um, and they had, 30, uh, what they had 44 in total, so... They had nearly half of the team's rebounds just between the two players. Um, they, they look all right, actually. They didn't look as bad as I thought they were. They'll be a different thing once they get Trey Burke back. Yeah. But when your starting point guard is John Lucas third, you kind of need to run for cover. That was the thing that was really missing with the the, the, the Jazz that night. They they kept it close, giving full credit in that, but too much Duran and they're just a, a weaker team. Yeah, but you, the, the thing is with the league at the moment is the state of the injuries for these, some of these franchises just makes them look so much different from how they would actually play. I mean, imagine Utah are a different team with Trey Burke on the floor and Oklahoma are a different team with Westbrook on the court. Yeah. So, no, it, it was, it was an interesting game. Obviously, Kevin Durant just taken over like everyone assumed he would. He came away with it. But, um, I think we're going to move on to, to probably a shock of the night. The, uh, the Portland Trailblazers lost to the Phoenix Suns Oof. in Phoenix, um, 104-91. Six. Nobody saw this coming. Sixers, Blazers, you're tanking wrong. You're supposed to be losing, not winning. <laughs> and this was after Damian Lillard had 32 points and oh. Lamarcus Aldridge had 28 and they still lost. <laughs> well, well, I think give them one win. Give the fans something happy when it's a packed house because it's opening night. But mm. Mason Plumley looked great, man. 15 rebounds, 18 points. It... Just seriously. With that roster, <laughs> you just need to be big because the Suns haven't really got anyone, so... We've said it again. I'll say it again. It's just an audition year for people that are tanking. And yeah, Dragic and Bledsoe kind of just took the game to themselves. So they both yeah. had like twenty-five points or something in the end. They just went <laughs> at it. Joel Freeland actually got on the court for the uh, Portland Trail. For his one fan. Yeah, he had three points. <laughs> <laughs> three high. But that's the thing. I mean, we were going on about Portland and their bench. Their bench was a letdown, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, White only had three points. Mo Williams is Mo Williams came out like two days before this game and said, I'm going for sixth man of the year. Yeah, okay, with two points. You know? Yeah, you're going to have to do a bit more than get two points. Robin Lopez, three points, two rebounds. I mean, that that's not what we expected from someone who was is quite a valuable yeah. asset for most You can teams, at least get more rebounds than that on any night. Yeah, I think he, he's going to have to pick up his game or Thomas Robinson's going to be banging on the door yeah. and be like, give me a chance because poor guy. I mean, we, we were so high on him at the start of last year's shows that, you know, he just ended up flinging from team to team, which I felt really sorry for him at the end of the day. But no, that was that was an interesting matchup, and obviously, I think that was like a half two, three o'clock game over here, so it was a bit difficult for for people to watch. Um, so moving on to Houston, oh yeah, uh, opening night in Houston, obviously number twelve. Who 
D12, <laughs> now in a, in a Houston Rockets jersey. They took on the Charlotte Bobcats and they won that game 96-83. to 83. Um, Dwight Howard had 17 points, which I believe his career uh, was uh, one of his career highs. Oh, no, that was a rebound, sorry. <laughs> 26 rebounds. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> I'll do that again. <laughs> Dwight Howard had 17 points and uh, 26 rebounds, which tied a career high for him. Um, so to say, he looked his former self, Matt. Yeah, well, this is what the Rockets want from him. The Rockets Puffin wasn't wearing a Lando Magic jersey. Yeah, well, the, this is what the Rockets <laughs> wanted from him, and they got got it from him. Just a just a note from this: Harden did have a bit of back problems going into this game, so I think he got twenty one points. Obviously, yeah. not the rock the Harden game that we we're expecting and stuff, but even with an injury, he can still get twenty one points, which is pretty good. Jeremy Lin played all right in this game. <laughs> Lin Sanity's back. <laughs> it's opening night. It's opening week. It's time to overdose everything. Sixers are winning the, winning the championship and Jeremy Lin, Lin Sanity is back. Okay. No, no. Ken, Kenny Smith told you on TNT Houston are winning the championship. Remember that? <laughs> no, James Harden I thought was great considering he obviously had the the injury. But I think the the front court pairing of uh, Howard and Ashik looked fantastic. They had they had forty rebounds between two of them. They had fifty four as a team. And so forty rebounds between the two players. And Howard was playing the power forward for that game. Yeah. Which, which we think about it. I know he's massive, le- uh, width-wise and that, but he's not the tallest height-wise. Still, that's a heck of a thing to have to <laughs> contemplate doing. It's like who you got. You don't know who you've got each night. You could either get, you know, a Sheik at the center or Howard at the center. They could, they can mess that around. I think Chandler Parsons just showed what what he was capable of again. I thought he was great. Yeah, he skied nicely for an alley oop in that game as well. Yeah, and um, with regards to the Bobcats, they look they look better than they have done for the past few seasons. <laughs> That's about not hard. Michael, yeah, <laughs> M- Michael K. Gilchrist for me was a bit of a letdown. I didn't think he was as great as uh, I- I've been led to believe that he can be. He's still, he's, <laughs> it's still his it's his jump shot. That's still a problem. He's he's literally yeah. starting from scratch again with Mark Price. So when a shoot when an NBA player is restart, uh, well, a, sh- a small forward slash shooting guard is restarting their jump shot this late. I know it's not that late in their career, but if you think about it from the way that from the time that they started, it's pretty long. T- it's a long time since when they started playing basketball. It's a bit worrying. Yeah. Five players in double figures for the uh, Bobcats, which isn't too bad when you look at uh, the actual scoreline at the end of the game. Um, Raymond's, Raymond Sessions was actually quite efficient. I, I think he's a bit of an underrated player, Raymond Sessions. Well, he, he played he had that year at the Lakers. Played all right. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> do too badly. Uh, ben Gordon didn't get to play. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> what, Just to put it out there. What a there, shame we I didn't thought... see any uh, ridiculous three-pointers. What a shame. Yeah. <laughs> he, he feels <laughs> like... I feel like he plays for a contract every time he steps on the court. <laughs> You're not high on Ben Gordon, are you? No, no, no. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting one. And if you didn't, if you didn't catch the uh, Rockets uh, intros, go and check them out because I thought they were pretty well done. Yeah, they're definitely they're definitely hyped for their season. Oh, Dwight Howard had an interview before he went on the court where he went a bit me- went a bit crazy. <laughs> yeah, he had a, oh yeah, I'll say, uh, I'll put that I'll tweet that out. It's pretty funny. He's, he has a little joke with the uh, reporter, and then he obviously addressed the cra- a crowd, which was pretty uh, nice of Harden and lynn i guess who's you thought that it was their team but no uh dwight howard stepped up to the mic yeah <laughs> killed it there my bad there drop the mic my bad sorry my bad <laughs> so we're uh, moving on to madison square garden somewhere where you probably can't drop the mic unless you're andre barney of course oh. in which case you can because you're booed after your first play <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah Melo had 19 points on the night 10 10 rebounds um raymond felton stopped eating pop tarts and actually bothered to get off the bench and scored 18 points 
it was it was an interesting one for the Knicks. I thought I, they uh, they didn't look confident when they had the ball. They turned it over twenty two times. Um, the Bucks turned it over twenty three times, and they were lucky to win this game in the end. Um, Pender Dragon on Twitter was tweeting this game because he was watching it, and um, he was literally like biting his teeth, you know, biting his nails off at the end of the game because uh, the Bucks came from I think it was twenty five points down or something at one point. Celtics <laughs> throwback from last year. Yeah, I think I think the Knicks are going to have to just outscore people and keep on running. Yeah, don't stop. <laughs> they they just I'm not high on the Knicks at all, especially with their new roster and the new acquisitions and that. But <laughs> says it all that. Yeah, it's, you can't really let a, when you're up so much. You just it's just a lack of focus sometimes when you just yeah. I think a team that's got Carmelo Anthony, who's arguably the best scorer in the league, you know to to. To have a game that was this close against a team that has got, well, who's its star player? Uh, OJ Mayo, maybe? <laughs> Larry Sanders, who didn't Larry's, yeah, didn't Larry give him Sanders. any points. Just, you know, Larry Sanders and Brandon Knight, just nothing yeah. between them. You know, complete Brandon, wasted. Brandon Knight did go out with an injury after two minutes. Ah, that would be why. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine he'd have added that much. Yeah, been productive. Um... Should we uh, talk Timberwolves and Orlando? Yeah, this is a game that I watched from start to finish. Uh, so, viewer enjoyed this. Yeah, oh yeah, this uh, this was a uh, when any game goes to overtime off a three pointer buzzer beater. Well, not buzzer beater, but a clutch shot to go through. It's you're always in for a good game. Once again, Oladipo played very well in a losing effort. <laughs> fantasy sleeper, fantasy, fantasy sleeper. But yeah, uh, it's good to see that the the Wolves are actually healthy for a change. I know they're missing Bullinger, but. Ricky Rubio, Kevin Love, Petrovic, they all just played solid. They really... Sh- it, but the only problem is... Kevin Love, solid. 31 points, wow. 17 rebounds, 4 assists and 1 turnover. What more do you expect? <laughs> solid. But the only thing is... Uh, he, he's in the wrong jersey. Yeah. The only thing is, <laughs> is their defence. Rubio isn't a great defender. Kevin Love can't play defence. Petrovic's good. But Kevin Martin, no. That's their, that's their problem. That's the only thing that can really stop them going to the playoffs is their defence. But... I thought you were going to say Kevin Martin is the reason they got right. Well, no, he played pretty well, actually. He hit, he hit the open shots, which I guess is what he's good at. 23 points for Kevin Martin. Give me some Kevin Martin news. <laughs> doesn't doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Ricky Rubio can't defend. He's a, he's a slash dash scorer player. He was when he uh, was over here in Europe, and he certainly is in the NBA. It's just mm-hmm. nice to see all these players actually back on the court together. Mm-hmm. Real shame they couldn't keep Andre Kirilenko. Um, obviously, was going to get more money if he stayed there, but decided to go to. Yeah, uh, because he probably would have the, got killed by the Russian mafia if he stayed in. If he didn't, if, if he didn't, I've, I've, go to Brooklyn. either that or he got promised that he'd get to sleep with like five different women or something. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Simmons was saying on those NBA previews. Yeah, he's, but um, Pekovic was great. Yes. I really thought Pekovic was great. He's a seriously underrated center in this league. I can't believe that no team tried to pick him up on uh, when he was yeah. free agent. It was just Timberwolves, just like, yep, yeah, this is your the only thunder. offer. Imagine him in the Thunder. Well, we know the Thunder are cheap, but yeah, that would have been... If they had Amnesty Perkins, then they got him, yeah. That would have solved all their problems. Like, Well, apart from the Westbrook problem, but <laughs> <laughs> they'd have got somewhere. But yeah, a nice, nice opening win for the uh, Timberwolves, and uh, hopefully their fan base are going to get a, a nice playoff run this season. I certainly tip them to be in the playoffs. It's just their defence. That's just their problem. Yeah, it's going to let them down. Um, so Indiana, again, they played the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Yes, that's right, you heard me. <laughs> the Pelicans. Uh, who ha- introduced us to the scariest mascot in the history of mascots? I know, I know it's Halloween, guys, <laughs> but seriously, you're not supposed to troll half of Twitter with Pierre. Yeah, the fans <laughs> chose that name. 
that's a joke. Don't <laughs> let fans or the public choose anything. What are you doing? <laughs> Pierre the Pelican is mental, and he looks like he's on coke or something like that. He's <laughs> on steroids, man. Yeah. We, we talked about this off the show. Mascots are supposed to look flexible so they can do flips and that. That guy has got so much padding and so much material on him. I can't wait to see some highlights of his halftime show. It's going to be crap. But I want to see him do Soldier Boy at half court. Yeah, exactly. I can't. Bl- can you imagine the blow-up pelican? <laughs> it's going to be horrendous. It's going to be hideous. It's going to be so scary. This was a this was a narrow five point win for the Pacers. So nice first two wins off the mark for the Pacers. Um, Paul George again thirty two points, just proving why he has been such a, a a breakout player and deserving that contract that he got his extension contract. Um, Lance Stevenson again sixteen points. George Hill nineteen points, and they've been bashed for their point guard play. But I thought he was actually quite good at this yeah, game. Yeah, he, he was. George. No, the thing is, George Hill is a pretty good point guard. He's maybe not the starting point guard on the majority of teams, but for the Pacers. He knows the system. He's not bad defensively. So is he better than Norris Cole? <laughs> All round, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Give me a one on one, and then we'll decide. Yeah, we'll find out. Let's play some one on one. But no, the Pelicans. I like the look of the Pelicans. Uh, Anthony Davis is in my fancy team, so I'm not going to complain when he goes and gets you 12 rebounds, okay. uh, three blocks, and 20 points. It's not bad. And a Keep monster alley oop. Yeah, yeah, seriously, like NBA Jam yeah. style, throw it out of this building. They they could cut that into an NBA yeah. Jam game and it would be in perfect place. Um, Eric Gordon, Drew Holiday both combined. Poor old Drew Holiday, man. I mean, I know you I know you played in Philly. I know you started in Philly and everything, but you can't go the, the opening video. Uh, I'm going to find it and splice it in here. I'm myself in so, he, so he did that, basically, which is a little, a little bit embarrassing to be honest, to thank the 76ers fans. Hey, he loves us. He loves us. After, yeah, but after he'd said, hey, Pelicans fans, how you doing? <laughs> like two seconds before. I mean, seriously, I know you got caught up in the heat at the moment, but that's just embarrassing. Um, for me, Tyreek Evans was the, uh, the the one that was interesting. He he only had four points. What what happened? I, I'm guessing he's coming off an injury or something like that, or he's just so un- uh, upset that he's coming off the bench. Well, four points in 22 minutes is not Tyreek Evans. We know that. He got a lot more than that when he was playing in Sacramento, and they are not a good basketball team. No. Uh, but yeah, Drew Holiday and Eric Gordon looked really good in that backcourt. And I think we said on one of the podcasts that they've probably got one of the most exciting backcourts in the league because you just don't know who they're going to throw at you each night. And you don't also know if the, the only problem with Eric Gordon is he doesn't need the ball in his hands to score and he can get a bit mardy. Yeah, they might set Pierre on you. Well, <laughs> Jesus, run for the hills. But no, <laughs> we talk about we talked about the Bulls and we talked about the New Orleans. Where we talked, we just talked about New Orleans. It's annoying that they had to play in their opening game such good teams. It would be it yeah. would be great to see them play a Sacramento, a Phoenix, or even a Sixers, just to, just so we could see them at their best. But the fact that they're playing such tough tough competition is we don't really feel like we saw the maximum, and it would be nice to see them win because they are going to win a lot of games this year. Oh yeah, I think they're I think they're going to be one of the uh, league pass teams to watch. But moving on to uh, the Sacramento Kings, <laughs> see what I did there. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> so Demarcus Cousins, thirty points, fourteen rebounds, and two blocks in what was a pretty breakout game for him. We know he's got the talent, and he certainly showed it. And the uh, opening night win over the Denver Nuggets, who you know they were a, a serious contender last year. Yeah, they obviously we've talked about this in our earlier shows. They've just lost <laughs> they're not this year. They've just lost everything. <laughs> They've lost the plot. They've lost the coach. They've lost the best player. They've lost the GM. <laughs> Seriously, everything. And they acquired Nate. <laughs> Nate the Great. Yeah. But no, yeah, Kings play, 
I think this has got to be one of the first times in a lot of years that the Kings have actually won their opening game. But, yeah, probably that I can see. Yeah. But, uh, but Arco was absolutely rocking the fact that the Kings are staying in, in Sacramento. Which yeah, did, is you, a great did you see it on League Pass? They didn't have any bad breaks. Yeah, which is good. If Freaking amazing. Think, take a note, NBA. Take a note. Yeah, take out the stupid game breaks and all those silly ads of like the NBA cares and all the uh, game seven and game six highlights that uh, we've been M- bombarded with all summer. NBA green. That's yeah, NBA green. Remember NBA green. <laughs> Jameer Nelson saying, I, 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 I think I'm a pretty good basketball player, but it's nice to know I'm a better person. Oh, no, the best, <laughs> is, the best is Dirk. Dirk says something so nonchalantly. He's like, I don't know. He's just like, I like, I like, I like helping people. <laughs> it's great. It's a great advert. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, the uh, the, the Kings. Uh, no one, I don't think anyone really saw this coming. I mean, the, the Nuggets were expected to win this game, and uh, yeah, they got decent production from. I mean, Andre Miller, twelve points. JJ Hickson, twelve. Uh, McGee was awful. Really was awful. Seriously, it's the definition of the Nuggets. They're building around McGee. Well, they're not building around, but he's main <laughs> center point. Yeah, Kevin Kevin Fareed wasn't great as well, but that's a bit of the speculation. Uh, Peace. Yeah. Where do you think he's going to go? I don't, I, don't I don't think he fits in anywhere. That's the problem. No, I guess. Unless you, unless you, I don't know, the Bulls decide they want some sort of crazy athletic if the, three. If the Toronto, if Toronto want a tank, I can still imagine them trading that, <laughs> I can imagine them trading that Rudy Gay contract for him. No, they may as well trade for McGee if they want a tank. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> we all know what Shaq's got on McGee. So <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. But no, it was it was a good night. I thought Isaiah Thomas was really impressive, actually. 16 points in his uh, opening night game. And uh, just in general, the, the, they were pretty deadly from uh, the free throw line. They, they hit 88% of their free throws, which is... You, get, you hit them, you make, if, you, if you make them and you get to the line enough, you're going to win basketball games. Yeah, so DeMarcus Cousins just unlocking that potential there. And it's nice to see. Hopefully he can keep it up for a few more games. Um, just quickly, the final two from the uh, Wednesday night's action. We had the Hawks at the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks won that one, 118 to 109. Two more. teams. Money have it all. Yeah, yeah, two teams that look completely different from last year. I mean, you look at these rosters and there's a few players who have remained the same, but ultimately uh, an interesting opening night win for the uh, Mavericks. 24 points for Dirk Nowitzki, 32 points for Monte Ellis, Money just like you said. And Vince Sergeant Carter, yep. 21 points off the bench, going for sixth round of the year again. Oh, yeah. Give me some... Oh, Car- Vince Carter, I don't care how old you are. I don't, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how many minutes you play. You are still absolutely great to watch, even when you don't dunk anymore. <laughs> I always forget it's uh, it's Frankie who's not high on Vince Carter. Sorry, out, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Atlanta Hawks, they actually played quite well. It was a really interesting game. Just the two teams that we don't really know what to expect from. Paul Millsap was great. Al Horford looked great. Their partnership was pretty decent in the middle. It didn't get enough rebounds. I mean, I think it was 10 between the two of them, which is nothing when you look at the likes of what O'Sheek and, uh, and Howard Kevin got Lowe. in the early game. Yeah, and just other players in the league just battering them. Um, Jeff Teague, I really like Jeff Teague. I seriously thought other teams should have acquired him in the summer. Um, 24 points for him, just a good out, out, uh, outgoing game for him. So it's an interesting one to see, but Monte Ellis just going off on one. Yeah, they I mean. just hit a roadblock, the Atlanta Hawks. Fantasy teams going crazy for Monte Ellis right now. <laughs> You're loving the fantasy. You're loving the fantasy. First, yeah, that's because I'm actually doing all right. Here, <laughs> uh, the next game we uh, that I watched was the Wizards Pistons, two teams that will be battling for playoff spots later on in the year. This game was not good to watch. 
I, I, the only re- real reason... Apart from such a chauncey bullet. Well, yeah, apart from chauncey <laughs> The real reason I watched it was just because it's a te- both teams that could go either way in the season. As, Will buy. Exactly. As you mentioned, Chauncey Billups was the best thing on the court, which is weird when he's about 50 years old. He did look fantastic. Yeah, he was hitting big in shots. Threes, yeah. Just go for it. Drummond man. looked all right. Uh, tw- I think he had 12 points, quite a few rebounds and a, bit of, and a few blocks. That's me not looking at a box score. Uh, but he did look impressive. Greg Munlo did look, was very good, polished with his, uh, with his, with his mid-range shot, which was something that he kind of needed to improve on. He was good at it, but he would also be a bit more forced. If he did it, Josh Smith hit a th- hit quite was pretty efficient this game. Twenty eight percent, I think he hit from three or something. Uh, apart from that, I think he's you no, know, he's mid range shots and he was actually driving to the rim, which is everything is exactly what everyone wants from him. So he's doing that. The Wizards, John Wall, we talked about Kyrie and Darren Williams. He had chance. There was chances. It wasn't that much of a blowout, but he had a cha- he had chances to overtake the game and try and get the Wizards back into it, and he didn't really do it, but. I can imagine in a few months' time when both of these teams are more comfortable playing with their, with each other, this would be a bit more competitive and a bit more exciting to watch. Funny thing was on Twitter, someone was going, Bradley Beal can still shoot. It's not just a pre-season thing. And you look at his end, the, the end stats were like 6 for 18 at the end. I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> I think he had a little bit of a blip. But I, I really like Bradley Beal. I think uh, him and John Wall have seriously got something together. Trevor Ariza for me was actually a yeah. highlight for them. 28, 28 points, I think he was. Wow. Just a, a, a good night for them. And remember, this Detroit team didn't have Brandon Jennings as well. Yeah. So we, we don't get to truly see what this uh, Detroit team is going to be like until whenever he comes back. This game in January or February will be a lot better. That's all like that's all that's the only thing that I really came away from it. Yep. So the uh, final game for Wednesday night was the uh, defending Western Conference champions. They were at home against the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Rematch. Yeah, who they swept in the uh, playoffs <laughs> last year. God, that seems like ages ago, but it really wasn't. It does disperse fans. Um, <laughs> stop digging. <laughs> Andy's not here. You can't listen to me. Um, Kawhi Leonard and Boris Diaw just taking over 14 points apiece for the Spurs. Exactly what we want from Kyrie, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Kyrie? Kyrie? <laughs> Come on, it's late. Uh, Leonard, yeah, we, we, want, we expect him to be the third part of this team, and he showed it last night. The big th- out of the big three, we expect him to be a third part of it. Yeah, Tim Duncan was uh, was not uh, that impressive. He only played seventy minutes, but still three points uh, for him, mm-hmm. which is well, that was, not what you expect. From that him. was mirrored with Zach Randolph only getting two. Yeah, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard had a highlight. The Spurs had a highlight, like a good dunk. We don't see that ever. Did they throw an alley oop? No, Kawhi Leonard on a breakout <laughs> just took off from a few steps uh, in front of the free throw line and just jammed it in. It's because he's the only guy on their team who has any form of athletic That's ability. True. Paddy Mills played. Well, it Kenneth Reed. <laughs> Paddy Paddy Mills played pretty well. Shout out to the uh, to the Aussies. Yeah, they believe the hype guy. They'll be loving that. No, no towel. Now, no towel waving from him because he was on the court balling. Yeah, I thought it was a really interesting. I mean, Ginobili and uh, and Parker just sort of took over the game for the Spurs. Really, they could they controlled most of the pace and uh, the, the the Grizzlies weren't bad they had a lot of production I mean I think they had four or five players in double figures and uh, Tony Allen just looked looked you know on great form and I thought they were they were really on it I think um, Tishon Prince needs to step it up yeah. I mean he didn't have a great series last year and uh, it, it showed again here and uh, Zebo, I don't know what's going on I mean 25 minutes he didn't look himself maybe that playoff series last year took it out of him or maybe the last few uh Playoffs and regular seasons have taken out of him. Yeah, I hope not. I do love Zebo and I do love the gritting Grand Grizzlies. But once again, it's annoying when you watch play, um, teams that are good teams playing other teams in the opening night because you want to watch them at their full potential. But 
good win for the Spurs. Yeah, indeed. So that's uh, that's the first two nights of uh, games highlighted. We'll obviously be back uh, at some point next week with uh, the, the rest of the games. I mean, there's games every night, so keeping up on them is a little bit chaotic, as you can tell. We've had a interesting night trying to cover them all tonight. But moving on to the Hall of Fame. At the end of a legendary career. Michael, it's been an honor to call your games and a privilege to watch you play. Thank you, Michael George. Let the word go forth from this time and place to friend and foe alike that the torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans. fame section obviously last week we had uh, Tom Reed I believe the hype on and he entered uh, Shaq into our Hall of Fame I believe Frankie entered Spencer Hawes somehow I, I don't know one game the, one game and you came up with the fully justified 2004 Detroit Pistons yep so it's going to be an interesting one to see what we come up with today I'm going to kick things off probably a bit of an obvious one um, the 2000 slam dunk contest and particularly the final rounds between uh Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, and Steve Francis of the Houston Rockets. Seriously, uh, one of the best dunk contests you will ever see. Probably the best in recent memory, at least in this post two thousand uh, Hall of Fame that we're gonna we're gonna do. Def- and definitely the best single performance by Vince Carter as well throughout. I don't think a dunk contest has matched this no. since. I mean, we've had what we had Dwight doing the whole Superman booth thing, and we had Nate the Great doing his incredible feat of athleticism, but. Nothing has matched what Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady just pulled out. I mean, they were both going for it, and it was so see. I mean, aren't they cousins or something? On their mother's side, separated twice over. Yeah, I don't uh, it's just, it was just it was just an incredible performance. And you go back, and if you you go back on YouTube and you can find the footage and stuff, it's incredible. Just watching some of the dunks they do: three sixty windmill, reverse windmills. I mean, they did everything. Vince Carter just showed everyone that he's just a human highlight reel it, basically that that was what he did for that year and it was just incredible to watch the best thing about that is uh jerry stackhouse who had to follow vince carter up no one cares <laughs> <laughs> the crowd's absolutely dead they're still buzzing off vince carter jerry stackhouse just does a modest 360 and no one cares everyone's still quoting kenny the jet smith as now as well now yeah. 13 years on people are still quoting things he said from mm-hmm. that all-star game because it was that memorable i mean shut the building down and things like it's that over. now become yeah they have now become infamous with kenny the jet smith on tnt that has now become sort of normal vocab that was from the the 2000 all-star weekend in, in oakland in california and it was just it was a great spectacle and i remember god i think i was like nine or something it was on what was it on channel itv2 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 yeah 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 god i don't even remember that itv2 existed back then but <laughs> 
it was definitely a, a great one to to watch. And uh, going back to it now, it's still as it's still as good as ever because we really haven't had anything since. And that was uh, why the whole TNT promo they did this year was so interesting because they put LeBron James in the dunk contest. So we shall wait and see. With the but... worst dunk ever in a dunk contest. <laughs> <laughs> like he just does a normal like two handed dunk. Oh yeah, I don't think they were going to go anything, <laughs> anything serious. But no, uh, Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter and uh, Steve Francis for that final round of the 2000 dunk contest. Just uh, an incredible spectacle, and nothing has uh, lived up with it since. And the, the big thing about that was the NBA had, had like two; they'd had two seasons previously without a dunk contest because they wanted to give it a break. Well, it was dead. So this, yeah, so this brought it back with a, an absolute slam dunk, if I have to say. <laughs> My Hall of Fame entry this week is the 2006-2007 Golden State Warriors, the Giant Killers. One of the few teams that have defeat, uh, placed eighth in the playoffs have defeated the first team. They defeated the Dallas Mavericks in five games. And we talk about Oakland, the Roracle, being uh, one of the best arenas fans-wise. This se- series just captured it. Sorry, they did beat, mm. they won them in six games. Baron Davis, who... Exactly, he's he's old, washed up, and I don't think he's playing anymore. But he absolutely took over this team, and it was just so fun to watch. They, from everything, from the T-shirts they made, the We Believe sign, they were just matching hit for hit with the Dallas Mavericks and teams like uh, members of the team. Al Harrington was pretty good coming off the bench. Monte Ellis winning, I think it was his rookie year. It might have been his rookie year. This is probably one of the most efficient. When we talk about pure efficiency, Monty Ellis was efficient in this. He had it all. Jason Richardson. No, it was Azabuki's rookie year, I think it was. All right. Well, Jason Richardson also, who I used to absolutely love. We talk about dunk contests. I always <laughs> knew him from the dunk contest. And then watching these series, they were on Sky Sports, some of the pivotal games. And it was just so entertaining to watch. It was just so unheard of. It was probably one of the biggest upsets. She had the Dallas Mavericks, who won 60-odd games in that season. Dirk Nowitzki was the MVP. They just looked unstoppable, but... They just ran into the Oracle, and I think just the whole atmosphere, the hype, the the fans just overtook, over, just really beat them, beat the Mavs in that series. And then obviously the Warriors came back down to earth and lost to the Jazz in five games. But yeah, game the game that the Warriors won, it was game three. Baron Davis still has my one of my top five dunks of all time when he just skies over Kirilenko. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible, but. Yeah, that that one se- I'll put that one series into the Hall of Fame. It was just so phenomenal. Just no one expected the Warriors to even win a game, and the fact that they beat them in six. It was all about Dirk's face during that oh, game the six. Pure disappointment. At the end of game six, where he's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they, they just walk. Didn't he walk off the court and punch a hole in the dressing yeah. room? Yeah. Well, they just come off yeah. the finals in '06. They lost in the finals, and then it was like, oh, they had the best record in the NBA. They're gonna get back to the finals, and they just no. Yeah, uh, and I believe the Warriors have actually framed where Dirk punched a hole in the wall nice. and kept it there as like a reference for future games. But, so I know, but I know Mark Jackson brought it up during last year's playoff series. But yeah, this is we think of the Golden State Warriors now, but between that, between this era and the, uh, the when they knocked off the Mavs to now, they, they had such they had no other highlights really. They had nothing to shout about. But this series, this highlights on YouTube, I just recommend them so much just to see. It's probably it's up there with Arco Arena in Arco Arena in the early two thousands. It's just the atmosphere is just crazy, and the, and there's so many good highlights. It's just yeah. Go on. They were always mocked for their they were always mocked for their draft picks after yeah. those. Uh, they, they they had a few years of decline. I mean, they picked Stephen Curry, and everyone was like, "Why did you pick him? He's got problems with his knees and stuff." And 
you know, all the players are now coming up and showing them why they were picked. And it's, it's just great to see. And that team that you, you, you mentioned, I mean, Monte Ellis, Baron Davis, Mikel Petrus, Al Harrington, Stephen Jackson, Mike Dunleavy, these players are all over the place now. So they've, they're one of these teams that's gone out and helped shape the league as we know it. So yeah. And, um, Beatrice was actually, uh, productive. <laughs> and not being overpaid. Well, he probably was still now. I think he was in a rookie deal. Still probably overpaid if you look. <laughs> <laughs> overpaid for a rookie. But yeah, that's my right. pick. Awesome. So there are two picks. Obviously, uh, you can check out the website over at doubleclutchpodcast.co.uk. We're on facebook.com slash double, the double clutch podcast. And, uh, you can find us on our Twitter hashtag, which has changed a little bit. It's now at double clutch UK. So we've taken the, uh, United Kingdom thing and remember to get involved with the conversation for all the games uh, with hashtag NBA in the UK uh, if we spot your tweets and things we will retweet them please review us on iTunes we love our iTunes reviews and uh, yeah we, we've uh, really enjoyed uh, kicking the season off tonight and we'll be back with some more shows and some more some more special guests over the next coming uh, few weeks and, and months and obviously into the uh, playoffs eventually so it's going to be an interesting one I think it yeah is. the NBA season's back I'm happy my girlfriend's not happy but I'm happy she's lost you has she uh... I think my body has adjusted to staying up until like half two now because like I can't physically get to sleep until half two whereas I used to, and you guys both know this when we were watching the finals I'd fall asleep at like one <laughs> o'clock or something ridiculous it was pathetic you finally become a man and yeah and now my body clock sorted it out because I'm not doing half five starts at work anymore either so yeah we've got a, we'll have a few things uh, for you guys and obviously check out the Hall of Fame because yeah. we put a lot of work into things like that and uh, the blog posts and stuff are going up so go and check out our season predictions and- there's some definitely Definitely some interesting ones in there. If you have any questions, you can always tweet us and we will answer them on the show. Yeah, we will do. So we'll catch you some point next week, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. Can it be done? Get the campaign ready. The Oklahoma City Thunder have won their first NBA title. Is the future an abstract concept? Or is it something that can be controlled? How do the greatest dreams of men come to be? The future is crafted with carefully designed plans. It is shaped by the collision of forces and the banging of bodies. It is conjured from the intangibles of passion and hope. It can lead to the completion of an individual's ascension. MVP, they're chanting. Haven't heard that in a long time in Houston. You know, obviously this is is an individual war, but I couldn't have done it without my teammates. It can wash over us in a cascade of love. Or force us to navigate a river of uncertainty. Colored with a dye of speculation. The future answers some doubts. Rose flies inside, accelerating for two. Derrick Rose, 70 points. A Bulls record. How did you do that? He just tried to shoot crazy shots, and thank God they'd be going there. While multiplying others. I don't have much left anymore. It's time to, you know, retire. These moments are more than distant dots plotted on a timeline. They are distinct opportunities to end the struggle, to validate a way of life, to remember history so that it can be repeated while taking care of unfinished business along the way. We finally got LeBron in the dunk contest. Bow down to the king. The thought of what's to come makes true believers delirious with anticipation. 
Because every entry on every page in every book of basketball lore started out as a simple wish, teasing us with its glow, daring us to make it real. <laughs>